Hello, hello, and welcome back today. I am drinking tea. This is scalding hot, so I'm probably not gonna take a sip for a minute, but cheers. This is the Feel New Tea by Puka. Let me know what you're doing, sipping, drinking, down below in the comments if you're over here on YouTube, and if not, then just enjoy while you listen to your podcast of the week. We are leading into Mother's Day. So I figured this would be the perfect week to schedule part one of the Q&A about motherhood that I posted to my Instagram story quite some time ago. So I'll do another mother Q&A or motherhood Q&A in June, later on in June, a couple weeks from now so I can spread them out a little bit. The place that I usually ask for input or questions that you can send in for coffee talks is my personal Instagram, Kayla Nicholson 13. So feel free to follow me there if you wanna be able to send in questions or send in topics for the coffee talk podcast. I know that Mother's Day can be a beautiful day. It can also be a really tough day for a lot of people. So my heart goes out to you if Mother's Day is going to be a tough one. Maybe you just have a complicated relationship with your mom. I can definitely relate to that too. Maybe you are mourning the process of losing a loved one or a child or struggling with fertility issues. I just feel like before I jump in, my heart goes out to anybody that is dealing or suffering with anything like that with Mother's Day coming up. Like it's supposed to be a day to celebrate mothers and to celebrate the mother role in our lives and whether it is our own mothers or that we ourselves are mothers or I think even just in general, like the aunts, the grandmas, the everything, but it can also be really hard. So my heart is with all of you guys this week, this Mother's Day. I put out, ask me anything about becoming a mama. And here are some of the questions that I got. What are some of your practices to maintain your own sense of self? Continuing to do even the little things has really helped. In more recent times, I have a nanny that comes now and is with Easton through the day, just the middle of the day. Well, actually from seven till about three. And that has really helped because it's allowed me to get back into working again. That has really helped because it allows me to feel like I'm still showing up and my other purposes. You pour everything into being a mother, but being a mother isn't all that you are. And so that has been a really interesting experience because I definitely prioritize being Easton's mom above everything, but at the same time, I'm not only Easton's mom and that is an interesting balance. And I think it's something that I'm still learning, but something that you learn as you go when you're a first time mom. From the very get-go, I definitely held on to certain things. Even if it was just while I was feeding Easton, I would have my headphones in and listen to my music. Or I've, st I've stuck with reading. Even if I had to do audiobooks, I would. Having time or even just asking Ryan in the earlier months to hang with Easton while I could get ready really helped. And it didn't need to be a full glam, but just to feel like I had put some effort into my hair and effort into my outfit, that really helped because I feel like I just felt more comfortable being me, you know, doing the little things that made me feel like me or me recognize myself in the mirror. Staying in touch with friends and also making it so that your conversations don't always revolve around, you know, being a mom or your kids, that's really helped as well. So those are a few things. I think also, just again to, I stuck with doing, even when I was on maternity leave, I was still doing Sunday streams or hosting the Sunday club, which I started this year where it's like we meet every Sunday and there's a book club, there's a yoga practice, there's a journaling and discussion session. And that was always kind of like my break away when I wasn't really full on working, but I still felt like I was able to show up, host a space and talk about things that I'm really interested in 
with a community that's interested in a lot of the same things. So that really helped too. So just finding small ways to incorporate things that you've enjoyed prior to ever, you know, becoming a mom and then sticking those into your day to day. I think also to having like a really good self care routine, at least once a week, a good bubble bath, a good meal, doing your nails, whatever it is that makes you feel like you. How was the first month? I have two and I still believe that the first month was the hardest time in my life. I actually had a reverse experience. I found the first I would say three, almost going into four months to be super easy. I don't know exactly the time it all blurs together. I still have not slept, like properly slept since he's been born. But I would say at the beginning, I found it really easy because he slept a lot. When I started to find it difficult is as his consciousness began to download more and his awareness opened up more, that's when I actually started to find it more difficult because like I said, I was still juggling coffee talks and Sunday streams and a couple other things as well outside of work and outside of Easton. Uh, things like renovating our house, things like just trying to stay on top of keeping the house in check and myself in check. And so that is when I found it difficult because all of a sudden I just fully wanted to be in tune with him all day or have him nap on me all day. And I just couldn't. And he went through a phase where he started to have really good sleep and then he stopped. And so it was more difficult for me in the later months when my food prepped meals ran out, when people stopped coming by or offering to help and when Easton started sleeping less. That's actually when I found it to be the most difficult. We're back in a good rhythm now. And again, too, with a nanny helping. She, this is her first week, but we're at the almost at the end of the first week and it's been going great. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You already know that you have two, but anybody watching this that might be prepping for a first or in the middle of it, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hang in there. This is a really good question. How has it changed your life? For the better. I already feel like I can't properly answer this question because human language does not do it justice. I have always wanted to be a mom and this was not a planned pregnancy but at the same time I couldn't imagine my life being any other way. I have never felt a love that is so pure, so deep, so profound, a connection or an, like and it's an attachment too but it's not necessarily an unhealthy attachment. You know when you get into non-attachment and living your life not feeling like you need things? This type of bond is a completely different style of attachment. I have found watching shows, movies, books, anything with a storyline where something happens that separates a mom and a child, it, it, like, it actually creates a visceral response in me. Whereas before I would feel very empathetic, but it's different now. I hear it and I'm like that would actually be the most devastating experience I think ever to have anything ever, I'm not even gonna say it, I'm just gonna knock on wood. Um, it has changed my life for the better in many ways, but I think the first things that pop into my mind is just in general, I have a newfound love, a newfound depth of love that I didn't even think I had. I thought I had reached the bottom of the barrel and damn, there's like, there's 1200 feet below that in terms of how deep I didn't realize I could love. Two, there is nothing that fills me up with more joy than seeing him smile, than seeing him laugh, than seeing him learn something, than just hearing him babble. And three, it has renewed my sense of purpose and renewed my sense of inspiration in the sense of where I was kind of going through the motions before, even just with 
I have a lot of time freedom. I'm very, very lucky to have a lot of time freedom with the job that I do. However, before when I would try and make structures and routines for myself, I always just felt like I wouldn't do them because I didn't have anything to do it for. I didn't have, you know, a whole lot else going on. There was other stuff going on, but it's just like so different now. I have time schedule that I'm like, I have to work or it's like, that's the only time I get. Whereas I would kind of just flail around and wait till I felt like doing things. Now I just do them, you know? I really have a new sense of discipline and I guess a new sense of strength too because lots has gone on since Easton's been born that has also added to this, but I definitely have found that I did not think I was as strong as I actually am and I feel weird and uncomfortable saying that because it sounds a little bit bravado, but I just mean whether it was childbirth, whether it's just literally not sleeping, running off of fumes, like so many fumes, whether it's trust and just allowing I think especially too, and it depends for every family dynamic, but in our family dynamic, I am somebody that is kind of the safe gatekeeper of wanting to keep Easton obviously safe. And Ryan kind of like pushes the edge a little bit where he wants to push Easton to, to try and to flourish and it's okay if he fails. And so for me, even feeling a sense of strength of allowing myself to trust, that's been wild because I think, I, I don't think, I know I've struggled a lot with trust growing up, it's just like, insane even just how much it has helped me heal and work with my own inner child because i'm giving my baby things that i wish i had had growing up and watching him just you know feel safe and feel like happy and joyous around me like even just if he's down the stairs and i'm up the stairs and i peek my head over and he sees my face and he smiles like there is nothing that is more fulfilling than that experience at least to me and so there's a million other ways it's changed my life for the better, even my relationship for the better, but it's just that I could go on for hours. Those are the things that come to the top of my mind though. Is my tea good to drink? Mm. Okay, tea break, ad break. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. 
Hey everyone, I'm Devin Werkheiser. I'm Lindsay Shaw. And I'm Daniel Curtis Lee. And we are the hosts of Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide. Ever wonder what happened to Ned Mose and Cookie? Well, we're back. We helped you guys survive middle school. And now we're helping you survive adulthood. On Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide, we are re-watching episodes. Bringing you special guests like Coconut Head and Janitor Gordy. And catching up on the last 15 years. We're talking about everything from dating mishaps. To mental health and maintaining friendships. And asking the question, how do we survive adulthood? Maybe we don't always have the answers. But we're going to figure it out together. Come join us. So pause that podcast you're listening to and subscribe to Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) So the next question is, were you scared since it wasn't planned? And if so, how did you process next steps? I remember looking at that test it was like six o'clock in the morning. I had taken the test through the night, but I was so sure it was gonna be negative that I put it away because it takes two to three minutes and I was tired and I went back to sleep. And I woke up and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I took a test. And I pulled it out and it was dark. And I remember seeing more letters than the word no and being like, turn on a light instantly. I flicked on the crystal light that was beside Ryan's bed at the time and saw that it said yes and I my stomach dropped, like fully felt like it dropped, like my stomach dropped through my butt and I felt my heart instantly start racing. It was pure anxiety, the first moment of realization. And it took me probably at least 24 hours for it to fully set in. I remember just kind of moving through my day, just being like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. (laughs) That is wild. That's happening right now inside my body. After that 24 hours of initial shock, we sat down, we talked about it. For me, I was almost instantly of the notion that I was ready for this, even if I wasn't planning on it. Like I love my partner. I knew that this was something we could do and I could do with him. It's something that I saw within him from an early stage in our relationship that he was very family oriented, that he would make an amazing dad and you know, that we love each other and that there's a lot of really good strengths about our relationship that I think are a really good bedrock, not just for parenting, but also just for longevity into the future. And that is really important to me given my own family dynamic. My parents split up when I was about 18, but Even growing up, there were a lot of really red flags in terms of me wondering why they were together. And I definitely don't want that for my children. And so I just felt like it was right for some reason. Now we had an added layer as well where Ryan's mom was sick at the time. So that also factored into it because after deciding yes, it almost made further sense then because it was something we could share with the family and the family could experience together. It was a bright light in a really dark time. And that was really helpful as well. Uh, processing it, I just had to talk about it a lot, especially with Ryan, especially with a couple of my friends, especially with my sister really, and also just trust. I, I kept coming back to this feeling of trust. It's this really odd thing, I'm gonna try to explain it, but it wasn't that it was like an out of body experience, but it was almost like I was getting this message over and over again, deep in my gut that this was right, that this was okay, that this was gonna be totally fine and I just had to trust that. And specifically when I was pregnant, I still feel it now, but especially when I was pregnant, I felt so grounded and very calm and very rooted. And there was something about it. I don't know if it was just the fact that, you know, Easton's energy was maybe that. He is a very deeply chill baby. So I don't know if I was just picking up on his energy or what, 
but I definitely went through my pregnancy just feeling very at peace and feeling very grounded and not worrying about a lot of things. And so that helped a lot with processing it and, and making plans in a very short amount of time for our future. What did you have to let go of to enter this new phase with love of your life and a baby? When you become a mom, you do have to let go of a lot of things. Even just the other day I was thinking about, I wonder how it would be to film a vlog where I live a completely different lifestyle than the one I'm living now. For instance, I've always woken up early. I've always been super regimented and routined. Like imagine I did a vlog where for one whole week, I was a night owl and created in the middle of the night and slept till the middle of the day. And then I realized, I can't do that. <laughs> like that just does not work for me because I am a mom and I have a baby that has to be on a certain schedule and a certain routine. I'm not very strict with schedules and routines, by the way. My parenting style, it just isn't that. I don't do everything to the time. I instead follow Easton's cues, but you do have to let go of a lot. Like even just the idea of jumping on a impromptu opportunity that allows you to travel. You just, that's just not something you can do anymore. It's not something that you adamantly cannot do. It's something you could work with, but for me, it's something that I've had to let go of. Uh, spending, I used to be a little bit more lax in terms of my spending and what I would spend money on and just kind of being a little extra with my lifestyle. And now anything extra in terms of me living comfortably, Whereas I used to kind of just like willy nilly throw that around, it all goes into Easton's future now. And that has been super interesting because it's really opened up this new part of me that was never really there before. Where I'm really interested in finances and how to be a little bit more frugal and like how to kind of just like cut down pricing, how to get really smart with my finances where I can make more out of the dollars that I'm making. And so that has been really interesting because I was never, I still am not. It's not something that I love or am passionate about, but I just, again, I feel this overwhelming, overwhelming, not overwhelming, that's a little dramatic. I feel a deep sense of purpose to make sure that I'm setting him up as best as possible for the future. So everything that used to kind of be a little bit more selfish, motivated, has flipped on a dime. And I feel like it's all about it's not that it's all about him, but it's definitely, yeah, all about making sure that I'm giving him the best tools possible, the best bedrock possible to build a beautiful life for himself. And so that's really cool too, because I think for a long time, being somebody that struggles with self-esteem and also I have direct family ties to people that struggle with, with narcissism. So to have spent so much time in my life and in this field of filming my life and filming my thoughts and filming myself and editing myself, it's very me-centered, right? And so I used to spiral all the time wondering what people thought of me, wondering if I look okay, wondering if I'm being accepted or not. Moving into motherhood, that's something I've just been able to let go of. It's not even that I've actively chosen to, it's just that I genuinely do not have the brain or energy capacity to give a damn anymore. Like as long as he's okay, I'm good. And everything that I do now has a new sense of purpose for him. Sorry, your question was, what did I have to let go of? I did have to let go of certain lifestyle aspects from before for sure. I had to let go of again, being able to just freely spend my time on myself, which to be honest, Again, in hindsight, I struggled with that. Having this time open freedom, being able to do whatever I want, it was almost like I wouldn't end up doing anything. And now I do a lot more. 
And when I do have free time for myself, I cherish it and it feels better because I don't have it all the time anymore. There's this book I have that my dad and my stepmom got me. I want to say it was for my birthday or for Easter. I can't remember. But in it, there's a mama bunny and a baby bunny. And it's basically the duality of what happens as you become a mother. And one of the pages that sticks out to me with this question is, you have to learn how to let go, but I teach you everything you've gained. So yeah, there are things you do let go of when you become a mom and certain lifestyle aspects, certain just mentalities and priorities you let go of when you decide or if you do choose to become a mom. At the same time, there's so much you gain, so much that is so, for at least me and my experience, profoundly, deeply connecting to just the, again, like the human experience. And I know that that's not the same human experience for everybody. Not everybody wants that human experience, but things that I used to care about before, I just don't care about now. Not that I don't understand why I used to care about them, but I definitely just see things so differently. I do feel like I've gained more than I've let go of. Like I don't miss life before. There's aspects of life that I missed before. There's moments, yeah. Sometimes I miss just being able to eat a hot meal, like while it's still hot. <laughs> Sometimes I miss once Easton's down to sleep and he wakes up, sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, I just wish I could have one hour, you know? It's a again, a bit different now that we have an extra set of hands helping, especially through the day. There was definitely a chapter where I was really missing just writing. I was really missing writing. I was having all of these ideas come to me again and I just wanted to write and every time I would try to he would wake up or something would happen. So there were aspects of my life that I was missing a little bit before finding this newer balance that we have now but for the most part I gained a lot more and if I had to I would give up writing in a heartbeat if it meant spending, spending another hour with Easton at this day, at this age, because I know, I just know he's gonna grow up one day and I would give anything to have these days back. I can write when he's older. I can't hold him and let him sleep on me when he's older, you know? So it's an easy trade-off. This is a funny question. What are some ways you cope with the pains of sleep deprivation? Any cool hallucinations from it yet? No hallucinations, but my golly, my brain does not function nearly as much as it used to before. Like whether I'm doing live streams, I'm having conversations with people, I'm trying to remember where I put something down, it's brain fog to the 10th degree. I'll be in the middle of a sentence and I'll forget what I was saying or I'll forget the word or it will come out awkwardly. And like that was a thing for me before, but it is so much more prevalent now and ways that I help with sleep deprivation. I don't know, you tell me. I try and nap when I feel myself tired. Like if I'm tired and Easton's actually napping, specifically later in the day, that 4 p.m. kind of nap, I'll just join him. And this is not advice. This is not me telling anybody what to do. Co-sleeping really helps, specifically because I am still breastfeeding and so co-sleeping really helps with breastfeeding and just not not having to come down a giant set of stairs to grab him every time he wakes up, which is still a lot. That has definitely helped a lot in terms of sleep. I'm assuming the leaves in this means, did you still smoke weed while you were pregnant? And no, I did not. I am not a doctor. I have not read any studies on the matter. I followed my intuition. I chose not to do it. I feel like I kind of touched on this question, but I'll dive a little deeper because this question asks, did your childhood traumas make you afraid you'll do the same that's my fear and no, actually I'm feeling the exact opposite. If anything, I feel like I'm healing a lot of my 
younger pain and my inner child through becoming a mom. And if anything, all the things that I feel like hurt me a lot as a child, specifically from my initial caregiver, specifically from my mom, I feel like I've learned from that and I've known long before I ever got pregnant, long before I ever became a mom, that those would not be things I would do. So I'm learning from her mistakes and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to make mistakes and maybe one day my child, my children, if and when we have more, maybe one more. That's not to say that they won't get older and think like, oh, I wish my parents hadn't done this or had done this and then they'll learn from me. I'm definitely not a perfect parent by any means, but I refuse to do nearly any of the neglectful things or hurtful things that were done to me as a child growing up. So I'm like almost hyper aware of it and also therapy, 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 because the minute you have a child, you still have a full life. That child has you. Specifically for those first seven years, they are absorbing you like a sponge. You are their mirror for the world. So if you have not worked on your own traumas, and you aren't aware of them, yes, you could definitely hand those things down. Therapy, therapy, therapy. I've done years of therapy long before having a child and I can definitely say that that prepped me way more than had I not. Uh, I did lots of healing in the years leading up to where I am today and I really do think that if I hadn't, I could be telling a very different story, but because I did, I don't fear this at all. Really, if anything, I feel like I'm healing that even furthermore, so. The next question, have you started wanting siblings for Easton yet? We want one more, but we're not gonna do it anytime soon. We are still renovating our house. We are still dealing with grief. We are still learning as first time parents. We are still trying to prioritize each other, Ryan and I, and we have a lot on our plate, but also our life feels very full. And when we do decide to bring that final piece into our family, it will still, it'll still add another level of completion, but for right now, we feel full. I also am just feeling like I'm getting back on my feet in terms of working again and getting a good routine again and having good balance. Like this has literally been the first week. So I want to cherish this time in this little pocket we have, you know, as long as it'll last. And I'm thinking ideally, if it goes exactly the way that I would like it to and Ryan would like it to, they would be about three years apart. So maybe at the end of not 2023, the end of 2024, we can open that door and start talking about it and start going for it, <laughs> but not anytime soon. You hear me universe? Not anytime soon. Please and thank you. So I'm gonna end with this question today because it's, it's gonna be more informative. What happens to your body postpartum after childbirth? This is one of the things that I am so curious and I don't know how detailed you want me to get, but I will tell you my experience. Now I didn't have a whole lot of healing to do post delivery, which I was very, very lucky about. For the most part, I bled for eight weeks or so. I mean, the last few weeks of that were very, very light, kind of like a very light period. But for the first few weeks, it was a bit like a heavy period. So I wore diapers, I think for like, two to three days. And then after that, I switched to these like giant pads for like two or three more days. Um, and then I stayed with pads. I remember Googling it at the time and thinking that my bleeding was going longer, but it was totally normal. I was under the care of my care team and everything was fine. It was like about eight, I would say eight weeks that finally I stopped like spotting and light bleeding. I don't fully remember exactly 
how long it took my belly to deflate. I'm actually back to the weight I was prior to having Easton, but my body has definitely changed. My boobs have changed, my stomach has changed. I have a lot of loose skin. There was this area of my stomach when I was right at the end of my pregnancy where I was getting like sharp pains. It's been eight months and for the most part, the rest of my body has gone back to the way it was from what I can remember. If anything, I'm stronger from having to carry a baby around all day, but I definitely have extra skin in my stomach and my boobs, I'm still breastfeeding, so my boobs at times can feel really deflated. Other times they can feel really full. And it'll be interesting once I'm done breastfeeding how that'll change. And again, if I do have a second baby, how that could change again. Same with my stomach. I did have the line going down my stomach for a really long time that just recently went away, I would say maybe two months ago. And I'm really interested to see what that extra skin does because I don't constantly weigh myself or know my body fat percentage or anything like that. I do exercise again and I do eat really healthy or at least generally pretty healthy. So I don't know if it'll go away. I have had I've had this routine going for a little while and so I think it might just be here to stay and that's cool, that I'm fine with. If anything, to me, it feels almost like coming back to something I said earlier where my priorities have really changed. It is wild to me knowing where I've been at points in my life and how my body image like so deeply controlled me in a way and to feel so free in my body now and feel so open to be able to just accept it as it is because it's not even just like accepting it I have a newfound respect and honor for my body because of what it did and what it is still doing the fact that for the most part I mean you can start feeding your baby solids around six months so Easton does eat some solids but for the most part not only has he been grown the entire pregnancy by my body since he's been born, he has grown into the baby he is today through my body. Like that is my energy poured into creating this baby. My body helped him form his entire being. So that is just a level of, I mean, awe and bewilderment that I'll never ever get over. And so if I carry a little extra loose skin on my stomach because of it, I could not give two shits. To me, they feel like, not like battle wounds, but something of that notion you know something that feels very i like respect it i respect it not that i want to go walking around flaunting my loose skin or anything but just more so that i'm just i'm just very grateful for my body for what it's done i feel like me and my body are on the same team now your body definitely changes and the other thing too is everybody's different. Every body is literally different. Sometimes your body completely changes one haul over. I've been finding it interesting trying to find a wardrobe that works for me. That's my main focus right now this spring going into this summer and that's something I'll be vlogging. But for the most part, I have a new love for my body. Um, my hormones have definitely shifted a lot and again, probably still are as I'm breastfeeding. I find that my cycle symptoms are a bit different actually a lot different than they used to be. I feel more sensitive to my cycle than I was before, but I can do a full in-depth, maybe vlog, because I can go through a full routine and share more if you guys do want that, in terms of like postpartum, not immediate postpartum, but later postpartum. For the most part though, I healed really, really well. I was very, very lucky and everything works. If I'm gonna get real TMI with you, I would say the first three to five times being intimate again was a bit painful at the very beginning. Maybe the first two or three months postpartum, specifically after those six weeks of healing where I was okay to be intimate again, I found that it was 
again, this is gonna be extra TMI, but I found that it was a little difficult. It was a little difficult, difficult. It was a little difficult to kind of get, you know, the juices flowing, if you will. So that has luckily changed. And again, I think that's from my hormones slowly balancing themselves out, but uh, there were definitely some changes there that I had to get used to as well. But all in all, just been rolling with the punches. That level of trust that found me in pregnancy, I still feel it now. I don't feel it as deeply, but I still feel that groundedness. I still feel that trust and that ability to just make space for a lot of things and kind of feel it out. Like that's been a lot of my motherhood journey is following my intuition and trusting my gut on a lot of things and just giving myself a lot of grace and giving motherhood and all of these changes, including the changes at home and in our home and in our relationship and everything, just giving it all so much grace and a lot of patience. And that's allowed me to take these changes in stride. So that is part one of my Q and A. There are a lot more great questions. So if you would like part two, let me know. You can thumbs this up so I can gauge interest or you can leave a comment down below if you have more questions. Without further ado, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I love you guys all to the moon and back. I hope that you all have an amazing or at least a comforting Mother's Day in one way or another. And I will talk to all of you guys in our next Coffee Talk podcast episode. Bye everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.